world is a stage and we're just the audience. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboats live stream. Well, I have to say it exceeded my expectations. The little prank that I technically let the conspiracy community play on themselves. Uh, If you don't know what I'm talking about, I mean, most of you probably do by this point. It is this right here for the next five years. And one of them was by 2023, we will reduce the number of people in the world that cannot afford our medicines by 50%. I think today... Oh, wait. He said the number of people in the world that can afford our medicines by 50%, not the number of people in the world by 50%. That was the little edit that yours truly made. Now, did I deceive everybody? Mm, I don't really think so, folks, but uh, it was... It's a trap. <laughs> a little bit of a trap that I laid to see who's paying attention, who's checking their sources, who's not, who's just blindly reposting. How does this stuff travel out across the interwebs? Because what I found is very interesting. It wasn't my tweet of that clip that actually went viral. It was people taking it and reposting it. So you're going to see a little bit of that. Uh, And I want to also say that uh, this little fishing expedition, well, ladies and gentlemen, caught a whale. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday emergency broadcast. The world is in an emergency. We have powerful globalist forces attempting to collapse the world economy and consolidate total controls they can carry out forced depopulation. He opened the show with the clip. And then, uh, you know, this was his intro segment and he has another segment on it. We're going to look at very interesting response from Alex Jones, the way he handled this. I was, uh, most surprised by it. And I think he actually gets in probably an a minus on this one. I've got a criticism, but I think what he did with it was the right thing, right? The right way to move the ball down the field. And there's some other people who did it some different ways. And, uh, we're going to look at that tonight. So what was it? It was this clip. If any of you haven't seen it, this is just the little, you know, snippet of it. That's the crux of what I changed. It's right after, uh, by 50%, right before that, that's where the little cut is. One of them was by 2023, we will reduce the number of right people here. in the world by 50%. Bam. Did you see that? Today, 50%. The world by 50%. I think the number of people in the world by 50%. It's almost indistinguishable. If you watch the lips, you can kind of see them flutter a little bit unnaturally. And there were people who were saying, oh, this is a deep state, deep fake. Obviously, put together by some government. And uh, no, actually, it took me like literally five minutes to do that. Okay. And you'll notice, um, well, you won't notice. We'll notice in a minute. 
there's a couple different clips floating around. In the first one, I made it a little rougher and it had an extra 10 seconds. That was the one that went to Twitter, okay? And let's actually, we can take a look at that real quick. Oh, wait, no, no, we can't because they locked my account over it for nine hours and then brought me to their Twitter will dominate you and you will submit by clicking here the red button to delete your tweet, which has already been deleted. So, you know, why the theatrics here? And of course, this was it right here. This is what was posted originally to Twitter. And you can see it's got 5,000 views. Now, this is after uh, Jicky reposted it. It was right around, I think, 2,000 before that. And this version is 48 seconds. And even, you know, what, well, let's see. Even after I posted this, because I was prepping for a video to do that night, and it took five minutes, I threw it out there. What you can see at the top, the context of this video is if Borla and the WHO told the truth. Well, you got to think about that. It implies two things. It implies that if they told the truth, this is what they would say, meaning this is what they're actually doing. But it also implies this is not the truth. Right? And so the people who took it didn't carry that context with it they, this was just too, way too tempting of a target for them. You know, they saw likes and follows and views, dancing, sugar plums, dancing in their head. And they took it and ran with it as a quote. Now, why did they do that? Uh, I don't know. You know, I literally debunked it uh, six, five and a half hours after the one to Twitter was posted and four hours after it was posted to Gab, Getter, and True Social. Okay, and those actually are still up, have not been deleted. There's the one on Gab. There's the one on Getter. It seems to have gotten the most reposts. And there's the one on True Social. And they all say the same thing. If Borland, the WHO, told the truth, implying they're not telling the truth, implying this is not what they're saying. Uh, okay, so... Welcome to the Lifeboats Live. If you remember, four hours later, here I am on air debunking it. This is penned on every one of those profiles, the first thing they'll come to. And of course, in the bottom corner of the video, I made the logo unusually large as well for a specific reason. Live stream. Well, as you might have guessed, okay, I admitted I might have taken some liberties in the editing of that little clip right there. So, oh gosh, that's scary. <laughs> so it was debunked within hours of being released. But what happened? People came in and grabbed it. And I started seeing it like here, back on Twitter. But if you'll notice, this is the 38 second version with a slightly better, you know, almost indistinguishable cut. Now you need to understand it's super easy to do the, that kind of editing. It, it literally took me five minutes, okay? So when you're looking at something, this was a lesson to check your sources, right? Because it's so easy to fake stuff like that. It's also designed to be simple and easy to look up and verify. 
And then it's got my logo on there in big letters for a reason, right? And that reason is so that when you get the conspiracy theorists who are, you know, filming crooked on a, the video playing on a screen on their cell phone and then posting that at 480, it would still maybe be visible there. Well, I think that uh, it's there's really one that grabbed it. And you can see this is Frank quotes. He did this on Gab. And you'll notice he took and made his logo unusually large to cover my logo and to set up the goals for the next five years and one of them and he posted it the posted the edited version as fact of course hats he actually cropped the sides down to hide my logo and then put his up right here and posted it as factual and you know i looked on you know, there was this here. Let me go right here. So while this kind of thing was going on, no, I'm sorry, right here. So while this kind of thing was going on, here's an example of one that had 4,000 views. There was a guy named like Ray or something who had 300 followers about the same on the, the, the accounts that he was following. He is one of the people who pulled it off of getter or, or gab or truth, brought it back over to Twitter and then posted it as a quotation that this is exactly what was said. And other bigger accounts then came in and retweeted the small guy, the 300 one. So that way they're not, you know, facing the risk kind of thing of retweeting some of posting something like that and getting a ban. And when my original video on Twitter had 1800 views, that one was at 200,000. So, who was the bigger problem here? Who was the one spreading misinformation? I think, I th okay. In the same conference. They're crazy. In the same conference. So, this is Max Egan. He's a famous, uh, or pretty well-known podcaster as well. He talks about, you know, what's going on in the world with the virus and the vaccine and so forth. And I want you to li listen to what he says. There's one part of the discussion where Buller actually says to Klaus Schwab. So he's seen in, the clip, taken it as fact, and incorporated it into his worldview, as we'll see a little bit later on. The last two years, that goal is, looks like it's being realized. The first week we met in January of 19 in California and to set up the goal. Okay, now I want you to listen to what Alex Jones had to say about it because I think he's dancing around eggshells here. We have powerful globalist forces attempting to collapse the world economy and consolidate total control so they can carry out forced depopulation. Now, this morning, I was sent several really powerful clips by a very well-known talk show host. And he said, Alex, are these real or are these out of context? Because he'd seen shorter clips and actually went and found the transcripts and the actual full videos of where it was said and, and where it was laid out. And yes, the things you're going to see today were not accidents. The things you're going to see today were not accidents. Now, he just said he went and checked the transcripts. If he did that, he would have seen that I edited out that little snippet, right? So did he totally, is he lying here about going to the transcripts? I don't think so. Because he didn't say, yes, this is what he said. 
he says, let me play it back for you a little bit here. Where it was said and, and where it was laid out. And yes, the things you're going to see today were not accidents. When- he says about it. And yes, you know, looking at, I looked at the transcripts and yes, the things you're going to see today were not accidents, <laughs> which interestingly is my take. So I think he's actually one of the very few who went to a social media platform, typed in to the lifeboats, found the pen tweet and read the context with it and realized, oh, that's what he's doing. He might've even watched last week's show or the, the Thursday show that I did two, uh, two shows back and understood, oh, this is what he's doing. He's playing an experiment. And I happen to know from interacting with Alex Jones years ago, uh, that he does not like infighting in the community, right? Like he doesn't want to create the drama. It's bad for everybody who try and stay away from it. And so I think rather than call it out as a fake, uh, he didn't, he sort of danced around that to avoid uh, like the infighting. And, And I think he should have called it out because it wasn't a real clip. You got to address that with the audience even though some people are going to get upset about it. But I think, you know, it's something that he should have said and he didn't. And, and I think I know why he didn't. And that's, that's it. He didn't want to create sort of the infighting and so forth that you're going to see from some of the other uh, content creators. You look at it in context with what the head of Pfizer says, what the head of the WHO, Tedros says. Now, what is he doing here? He's jumping in and using all of the concrete examples to really lay out that, yes, this if, if they told the truth, this is what they would say because this is really what they're doing. And that was one of my other objectives here is I knew this thing was going to go crazy and a bunch of people would see it and it would be easily proven wrong. But at the same time, what's happening? People are going to be educated that, did you know Bill Gates said that he wants to reduce the population through healthcare and vaccines. Here's the Ted talk. Did you know, uh, Ted Turner said 9 billion people's too many. And we've got to, we've got to get that down. Here's the video. So it's a way it's sort of, a. I red pilled a bunch of people who thought they were red pilled apparently, because some of them got very upset with me. What Bill Gates says, they say vaccines are to reduce population. And Tedros says these shots are killing children. He did say that. And the- and it was the weirdest clip ever. Like, and he said that the vaccines are killing kids and this is wrong or something like that. The head of Pfizer says their goal was to start to reducing world population. And then these organizations and groups have that policy. Except he didn't. And that was the edit. These organizations and groups push that. That's their goal. So we've got so much to hit here today on, on, on multiple fronts. So that's what he did with it. He used it as an educational tool to teach his audience because he knows that this is going to bring in new people that have seen this clip and want to know what in the hell is this about, right? And I think that was kind of the best response, although he should have called it out, in my opinion. Tap Newswire, not someplace that I recommend you take at face value ever. And here's an example of that. Now, this guy, he is very upset. He does not like that this video is out there and he is 
honking mad because he checked it and it is fake. <laughs> this is the last American vagabond. I think it's Ryan Christian uh, that does this show and he covers a lot of the same ground that we do and so forth, uh, as you'll see. And he's uh, debunking the clip from one of the websites. So this was another thing that happened the next day. So I posted it, I think it was, you know, mid afternoon by the next morning, it was going everywhere, but not so much the first day. Like it took a while for it to get steam. And eventually though, there were websites that were reporting on it that further like spread it out. What, this is this article and a, a video that I've seen circulate that I've, you know, everywhere. I'm seeing all sorts of people post this. I, I'm hearing that, and I can't, I didn't actually confirm this, but people pointing it out. Infowars is pointing at this video and talking about it doesn't surprise me at all. Pfizer CEO says it's their dream to reduce the population by 50% in 2023. Well, of course, that's going to go everywhere. Well, because that's what Bill Gates said. Yep. Right? And he did say that. Actually, I don't think Bill Gates said that, but he said things along those lines, right? Bend over backwards to try to change that context. But here's the point on this. This is not what he said. Right. And it's not very difficult to find the source material to find out this was selectively and aggressively dishonestly edited in order to make it look like he said that. Now, what is he missing? Well, he's missing going to, to the lifeboats and seeing the context that it was posted in and how it was spreading because he's not really even understanding how this kind of misinformation is making the rounds. And he wants to, instead of learn from this community and, and kind of uh, counter their tactics in a superior way than we're doing now, he wants to just attack them. Are people getting that it's an edit? Have they gone and checked the source? Are they actually, validating anything or are they just accepting whatever they see as fact because it agrees with their narrative and again i don't dispute that that's exactly what's happening but it's not what they actually said so bit of and an interesting experiment there four hours after those clips were posted but nobody bothered to come back and look and see that video about it that was that was like the uh the uh, slide of the video so people knew it's related to this video <laughs> okay max egan i want you to hear what he did with it yeah we've seen some of the reports that showed that there were like graphene razor blades and things in some of the jabs we've okay so that was the video of the guy in germany it it uh he's going through explaining how the graphene is acts like razor blades and cuts up the circulatory system and creates all the scarring and then the next day <gasps> He's dead and the police killed him. And like we all went and or some of us went and looked. Are there death certificates? Is there a report from the police? Something that can confirm that this is indeed what happened to this man and nothing. Nothing at all. But yet some people took that and without, you know, anything other than this one video. They took that as fact and folded it into their worldview. And that's one of the things that Max does. Seen other reports of like operating systems that they've been put into the jabs. So that's the whole salt crystallization that's happening as the they have to put it on the slide and leave it out for four or five hours before the circuit boards appear. And the circuit boards look exactly like salt under a microscope. <sighs> Who knows? I mean, I, I can't say for sure, 
but there are other people who have done this and like the remember the hydra that was in there that was a plant spore <laughs> so many of these things are just dying because they don't stand up to scrutiny and people aren't finding the same thing other reputable credible scientists aren't finding the same thing all sorts of things and with some of the stuff that's been going on at the world economic forum i mean it's a wonder these people just don't watch their words a little bit more now of course why would the people that should have been the red flag number one why are these people clapping he just said he wants to kill half of you <laughs> klaus schwab and what's his name Bal bala bura bula the uh, head of Pfizer, the CEO of Pfizer, they're saying, oh, look, there's these terrible conspiracy theories that are being created about them. With a vaccine, that we knew that there's... Now, note, this is North Point up here, so he's using a clip that somebody else cut. He didn't go back to the source on this. A very fanatic group of anti-vaxxers that will go after us no matter what. <laughs> they will claim that the sun didn't go up because people were vaccinated and that created issues with the crop. So I'm suing you. And one thing it is to sue you in the U.S. Another thing is to sue you in a country where the legal system is not up to that standards or in Switzerland. Right. So I think that's behind us. Uh, everything <laughs> went OK. And now I think we can move on. I think we, we, were, we were both uh, targets of the anti uh, vaccine movements and uh, conspiracy uh, people uh, oh yeah they're not going to get away with it i'm afraid folks okay so there's people that tend to do that like accept something as fact without really looking into it and then just fold that into their worldview and they talk from that worldview jim willie he also picked it up he got it from benjamin fulford who is the like talks about the white dragon society or in all sorts of crazy shit that really hasn't come true or hasn't really been proven out after years and years, but I, whatever, I don't know. Um, but I, I will have to give Benjamin credit. He did post an update on the video where it says it, this was edited. So he corrected a lot of people corrected. One of them actually didn't. And let me show you that one real quick. That's right here. This is the 99% channel or just 99% on BitChute. Okay. They've posted this video. Exposed. Pfizer CEO says it's their dream to reduce the population by 50% in 2023. So he doesn't even take the edited quote right. It doesn't say in 2023. It's by 2023, but whatever. <laughs> and this one has... 61,000 views and almost as many dislikes as likes, which is good. Uh, but you know, right here, this can't be real. And then there's this account propel or pro pet seven saying absolutely real. You are likely the one that's not real. Watch the source video tweaker. <laughs> then maybe you won't run your suck so much something, uh, about something you are clueless about. <laughs> like what? bro and here the same guy again someone responded edited to make him look bad i want him to be bad right but this is edited and it is uh it says you may be edited and fake but the source of that video shows the entire conversation is exactly just repeating 
the lie. And the guy that was complaining earlier, the, the last American vagabond, he actually commented in here with a link to the source video and whoever runs this account deleted it. Okay. So these guys basically through this have outed themselves as I, I think they're definitely a disinformation campaign. So this is probably some intelligence op running this or some billionaire asset, whatever, using this for whatever purpose they need. They build this big audience and then they push out some propaganda when they need to steer things in one way or another. Right? So identifying channels like this that are doing this instead of getting mad at them, outing them for what they are is kind of what we need to do in my opinion anyway. I'll point something out. The person who posted this or at very least this person here, this propel seven guy, is in here, and you'll know, just go scroll down. Anybody in here that's even going, is that even true? Did he actually say that? They come in so hard over the top, like, what are you shilling for the other side? How dare you, stupid idiot? And that's what happened. Now, whether he believes he's doing the right thing or not, they're aggressively shouting down anybody who even has a question, like, is this, where's the source video? Is there a link I can check? You're shilling. This is a problem today. And I don't believe it's actually really accurate. I don't believe, I don't think, I think there's more of an agenda happening here than people that are just blindly believing what they want to believe but there is a level of lying for your own truth right. right anyway yep. so the point is here's the actual video it took me all of 30 seconds to find this video and very quickly search up one of the words i found in it <laughs> using the transcript and what do you know Bam. here's what it actually said so just to, for the just to, for the record oh here i might as well play the fake video for you because this is somebody faked this video <laughs> and altered bad. this here's what it says in the fake video i think that uh it's first week we met in january of 19 in california and to set up the goals for the next five years and one of them was by 2023 we will reduce the number of people in the world by 50 percent i think today that's the main point so it sounds like he says the number of people in the world by 50 percent now it says now i don't this to the lifeboats looks like it's where it came from Surprised they'd want to put their own tag on there knowing that they're lying to people, but whatever. So take note of the people that seem to be lying to you or choosing to not do their due diligence because they like what this shows. Exactly. So he's very correct, but this guy did his homework, figured out that this was fake where he let drop the ball. He didn't actually plug into the lifeboats anywhere and he would have seen what I was doing. Alex Jones did that. Alex Jones doesn't want to start a bunch of infighting. This guy is like, we got to call these people out and attack them and on and on and on. Do you see the difference in kind of how this was handled? I think there's lessons to be learned here. So again, this is real. Like here's a, a paper from, I think it was the 90s, depopulation through forced vaccination, the zero carbon solution. This was Bill Gates in his younger days. And there's several examples like this in various books and and so forth and this is what alex this is where he goes with it uh, today's a great milestone in a very difficult long-term project a very difficult long-term project to shut off all your competition only let select companies even build the future that's not designed to be sustainable but to collapse civilization we know that's their own internal documents and so they get all the money and power during collapse just like they did during two years of lockdowns around the world, doubling and tripling their profits. But let's talk about the real end game. And he's right there. Like they're going to, they're intentionally collapsing society. Eventually everything will get super cheap. They'll buy up all the assets 
and then repeat the cycle all over again. Of collapsing things. Here's the CEO of Pfizer talking about the goal to reduce population by 50%. And then here's Tedros admitting that the vaccines kill children, the head of the WHO. Uh-oh. I don't think it likes that for some reason. Uh, today's thought pulling the world by 50. Testing the method, throwing it in your face. As we see, some countries are elderly. I think uh, groups, uh, senior citizens, especially above 65 and above 60. So if it's going to be used, it's better to focus on those groups who have risk of severe disease and death. That's correct. Don't vaccinate across all age groups is actually what he's saying there. Rather than, as we see, some countries are using to give boosters to kill children, which is not right. Then the equity issue comes here. Instead of saying? boosting a child in high-income countries, it's better to vaccinate the elderly in countries who have uh, the elders who, are, who have not been vaccinated, even the primary vaccines. So the equity issue should also come into, into play. From, from media team, and also, as said, we try really to keep. All right. So the goal is to implement depopulation by 50 percent. And he says we've done that in our 100 year goal. That doesn't mean we're going to be depopulated. Within the next few years, it means that these vaccines are not vaccines. They attack the testicles. They attack the ovaries and all the studies on record. Lipid nanoparticles collect in the reproductive organs, do all kinds of things there that's why so many women are having problems with menses after they get the shot that is a whole nother toxin that like you know it's a pegylated lipid first time it's ever been used in humans when they gave it to pigs after the second injection the pigs started having heart attacks we're going to look at what's happening with the heart attacks not just heart attacks not just cancer and so they have just hit half the world population with something where they won't be able to have children and that's the ones that survive, right? Because these shots also disable your body's ability to respond to cancers and viruses. And we're, we've got a story where I'm showing you that's becoming evident, ab- abundantly apparent that that is what's going on, that people's immune systems are being decimated and now they're getting things like the flu in the middle of summer. And they're there clapping and then Klaus Schwab says, so you are a purpose-driven company. <laughs> and they're all externalizing the method, throwing it in your face, what they're doing. No. We are living in incredible times. I think you're so dumb that you're not going to wonder why you're sterile in a few years. You're not going to wonder why you're 25 and can't have a child or why your wife can't. They'll have some other environmental reason that's going on, but in the documents, we know exactly what's happening. Now, now I don't know why he didn't call that out. I think he should have, but I like everything he did around it, right? Because it was educating and enlightening to his audience. They're interested in this topic. And then he filled them with, here's some real tangible stuff. Uh, Let me see. Here's another one. I I think this is just another website that posted it. Yeah. And uh, exposed Pfizer CEO says their dream to reduce population by 50% in 2023. Here's one on Gab, little doggy, that was shortly after he came back. He posted the original 
And he came back and he was like, yep, no, guys, I got fooled. Here's the original. And he was writing in the comment something about like, why uh, would somebody do this? And so I answered to him and explained I edited it and here's why. And then he, I, I kind of thought he might be a little mad, but he actually followed me, came over, watched a bunch of videos, retweeted several of them. And uh, I, I don't know. He's like, he said, oh, you got to give me some credit because I at least corrected it. Yes. There are the ones that corrected it like this guy did and like Benjamin Fulford and some of the others. And then there are the people yeah, that, are just gonna, some of the reports. that are just going to go with it or like the website, the, um, I don't know if it, yeah, this website, absolute disinformation. They're not interested in getting the truth out. They're actually deleting my comments and, uh, T labs comments about here's the source video because they're part of the propaganda engine. Right. They want to they're they are controlled opposition. And that stuff is real and it's out there. And you gotta be aware of that and make people aware of it as well. Okay. Let me see half the people in the world, which pretty much yeah, they are, but they didn't actually say that. And uh that's it's gonna create, you know, this wave of Disagreement. I'm interested to see where that clip goes and where it, we start seeing it come back. So when you guys see it out there floating about, make sure you tell me and let me. And y'all definitely did. And I, I mean, it was crazy. I've just covered a fraction of the places that it showed up, right? This stuff goes like wildfire. And now you have a little bit of insight as to how it was people. Oh, I'll take it from this platform and put it over here. And they, they're doing it, I think, for likes or they didn't understand the original context or they they did and they did it anyway because they wanted they wanted it to be true. And there are people who want things to be true and they will overlook reality. And reality says that's not what he said, right? Okay. Oh, what was this one? Yeah, that's the Frank Quotes tweet. There's another one. By 50%. Ah, okay. So it completely changes the point. So it'll change by 2023 that, you know, that the, 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 the amount of people that can afford the shot. Now, let's be very clear. <laughs> I do not in any way think that these people are doing what they, I mean, I shouldn't talk to speak to intentions, but what I believe they're doing personally is, is malicious. There's active cover-ups going on from Pfizer. I mean, we've spoken twice with Brooke Jackson about the trials oh, they're so using, the information they're hiding, the data that they're dragging their feet on. These people are well aware of what they're doing at some level, if not entirely. So if to, to take this as me trying to cover something up or hide, that's ridiculous. The point is there are people out there trying to falsify information to make people like us look like we're crazy. And I think that's part of the real agenda here. Bottom line is, guys, and that's why you're here. That's why I respect you in this chat so much, because you believe in doing your due diligence and making sure that we're correct and not just assuming because it looks the way we want it to look or because, well, it's probably true, even though it's fake. So we're going to shout anybody down anyway. Don't you believe they're doing that? So what Ryan did, it's good. He's feeding his audience fish. What I did was teach people to fish by laying a little trap where I didn't have to deceive anybody, but the conspiracy community deceived itself. And it took 10 minutes. Y'all have to do better. You absolutely have to do better. 
because these things are going to get easier and easier to do, and it's going to be harder and harder to verify and separate fact from fiction. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of, of teaching people to fish, um, so a listener sent me this, this is a mysterious universe. It's a couple Aussies that do a podcast and, um, very funny. They're very engaging. They have good chemistry between one another. They did a show called Pox Chain. This is it right here, uh, where one of them, I think, is vaccinated and uh, the other one's more the conspiracy theorist leaning, I guess. And he listened to my show where I broke down what Gert Vandenbosch uh, was laying out in his theory of here's what's happening. And, you know, it was great. The other, the co-host challenged him on some things and he was able to respond because my show gave him enough breath to where he could listen to it, come in and do a little 30 minute segment. And these guys have, I don't know, 20,000 followers on YouTube and they're, they were getting like two or 3000 views there, but they're primarily a, a audio podcast. So I don't know what they do on iTunes, but I would guess it's probably low five figures, high, uh, or high five figures, low six figures, as far as people watching every episode. And they walk through that theory, just beautifully explained it, used some of the same analogies, the arms race analogy that I used to describe what continuing the program of vaccination is going to do. It's just going to keep making things worse and worse and worse, more and more deadly and toxic and poisonous. Um, and here's the thing. That right there vaccinated a lot of people with the truth. So when they come and they and a bunch of people are dying and they tell everyone, oh, it's long COVID. Oh, it's uh, the flu. Oh, it's monkeypox. Oh, it's climate change or whatever. These people are going to know instantly. No, they're lying. We already know what's happening. And that's why, like, that was, I was so happy when I heard that podcast uh, because that's going to change things. That's going to shock a lot of people awake when they can go back and say, no, no, listen to this. These guys predicted this. This is what's coming. That just opened a lot of people's eyes. Okay. So it's okay to lie about this because you believe that's what he's doing. That's what people are actually doing to some degree, but be better. All right. All of us, myself included, every single day we can try to be just a little bit better. That's what this comes down to. It's really important to recognize that there are people, not just people in the government. I do believe that's where this largely comes from, but people just out there in the independent media, if you want to call it that, misinforming people. And then this gets framed as what we are doing. That's what they want. They all want it to be a big lump thing to say, look at all them over there sharing false information. They will never look at what we're doing and argue that we're being objective because they don't. Well, Ryan. I hate to break it to you, but the mainstream media paid by the billionaires to push their agenda are never going to welcome you with open arms into their club and say, good job, Ryan, you did a great job of fact checking and getting to the bottom of everything. We want to welcome you into our club. No, they are always going to attack and malign all of us. Okay. And the thing is you can't control these other people. You can't control this 99% website over here. You can attack them if you want, or you can teach people to fish by educating them to the reality of the world that we live in. I don't know, something to think about. So one of the 
uh, reasons that there is this dreariness is there's a war going on. Um, and so Susan Wokechick, the CEO of uh, YouTube, was at the World Domination Forum and gave a little interview. And it's very revealing. So we're going to go through some of this here. The war has definitely impacted all businesses, uh, global businesses, and it's certainly impacted Google and YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of social media companies have actually been banned. Mm -hmm. uh, YouTube has not. It's still mm -hmm. up and running. You're not monetizing there anymore. Um, but how do you view YouTube's role in times of war? Mm -hmm. So YouTube definitely is still serving in Russia, like you mentioned, and it has been, as soon as the war broke out, we realized this was an incredibly important time for us to get it right. For the deep state agenda, right? Because they're like, they've been trying to sell this war as if it's a big deal, and it's just not for a lot of people in the world. I think most Americans don't care about what's going on in Ukraine they care about the $50 billion that they've sent over there. And then the politicians all jumping on their private jets to go over there and, and uh, you know, meet Zelensky, wink, wink, go home with a nice fat suitcase. Having given him a list of where the money goes to which parties so that they can launder it back to themselves. That's what they care about. But like these guys, their tools are censorship, YouTube, being able to drive the narrative in that way, the mainstream media, the government officials, and kind of all of them work to dictate what is reality, right? And that's failing. With regard to our responsibility. And you know, we made a number of really, really tough decisions. One of them involved how we handled Russian state-sponsored media. Um, we had lots of requests from various governments, Bandit. but looking at our, our policy framework, we also decided to suspend that media globally. Um, we also extend. So let's shut out opposing points of view globally, kick them off our platform. Ended our policies with regard to how we handle verified violent events. So an event that denies something like the Holocaust would be against the YouTube policies. Oh, so, oh, you know, you can't, can't do that, can't have that opinion. Uh, and what we saw is there was, if there was denial or trivialization. Denial or trivialization. So if you point out like, you know, the Germans were losing the war and they didn't have enough food to feed their own soldiers, so they fed the prisoners even less and a lot of them sick and dying and starving that that's why a lot of them died not all of them were marched into the gas chambers that would probably qualify so you can't have that opinion you must buy the official narrative associated with with the conflict with the war in ukraine that would all and now they've tied that to ukraine so if you don't support ukraine then you are a conspiracy theorist, terrorist, Nazi sympathizer, apparently. And it's interesting, too, while that clip was going viral the following day, there were two accounts that came in and found a post related to that, um, that video, and they literally commented on every single comment, one after another after another. And, and they were, you know, writing things like this video is edited, it's not real, here's the source, or something like that, going through every single comment. Two different accounts, two different areas, all, you know, working within the same time period. Both of them had pronouns in their profile, and both of them had Ukrainian flags in their name. 
to become a violation. So the first and most important thing for us was to really focus on the responsibility, figure out how we could be good players in making sure that users can get authoritative and the right information. And what we're really seeing in this conflict is that information does play a key role, that there can't information can be weaponized. And it can be weaponized by you or against you. They're choosing, oh, no, no, we're going to be doing the weaponizing here, folks. That's why we wanted to focus so much on, on making sure that we Censorship. both have the right policies and the enforcement associated with that. <laughs> Censorship and that we're able to shut out any opposing voices. We can actually explore short form content a lot faster, meaning we can recommend a lot of new content to you because it's in a sense, a lower risk for us. Like we, you know, if it's, if we wanted to show you a new video, it's five minutes long and you don't like it, that would be a problem. Where so long form content is five minutes now. Like so many people that built YouTube have been kicked off. And I think what's happening is it's starting to show up in their numbers. Like I used to be on YouTube all the time when I had my channel there and they attacked it for saying things that, you know, were against the narrative and definitely disinformation, which are now all about the election, about the virus, which are all now being proven true. And people are waking up to that. And that is what bred life into BitChute and Odyssey and uh, Rumble and all of these other video platforms that are popping up to fill the void that these guys created when they pushed all of these people out so that they could capture the normies with the propaganda. And that's, that's what her entire speech is about here. We can just show you lots and lots of short form content and you can explore that and d discover new creators. So, and what she's talking about there is, you know, small short form videos, much easier to monitor and censor. And, you know, also that in five minutes, I can show you three or four videos. But if it's one video and it's five minutes, you don't like it and you leave, well, that's bad for us. So everything to maximize profit, that's what drives them. And so what we've really wanted to do is just connect the ability to see them in the video to how to buy them. And it's really like connecting that last mile. And so what we're doing is enabling videos to actually link to specific products have those products uh, you know, very accessible and then be able to buy them. So, and in the process, so what creators are doing now, you do a how-to video on how to build something or whatever, and you have affiliate links to go and buy those things off of Amazon or somewhere else. They want to take that piece and put themselves in that revenue stream by making it easy, super easy for their users because it's embedded into their platform instead of the content creator's comments to just click and buy, right? And then you get all the materials you need for that project and you get to do it at home with your kids or whatever. And they want, and I'm, you know, I'm sure they're going to keep the majority of those profits for themselves and dole out a pittance for the content creators. That's the plan. I can't not ask you about misinformation. It sure. is a problem that plagues every social media platform, but it's, it definitely plagues YouTube. And I know you've done a lot to put policies in place, tweak algorithms, to recommend the right things. Um, but I have to wonder, uh, in, in January, a global coalition of fact-checking organizations found YouTube to be a major conduit of fake news, despite all that you've put in place. So is this just a flaw in social media 
platforms that cannot be rectified? I mean, can we ever actually solve this or is it just a problem that cannot be solved in the current way of platforms being operated? We're definitely investing a huge amount to make sure that we're fighting misinformation and there are numbers and thereby pushing our narrative of different ways that we look at this. So the first would be from a policy standpoint, we would look at content that we would think about in terms of being violative of our policies. So if you look at COVID, for example, we came up with 10 different policies that we said would be violative. Like an example of that would be saying that COVID came from something other than a virus. And Which, by the way, would basically mean the lab leak theory, right? which has been proven true. We've got, we now know that the DC sign, the, basically the place where the HIV inserts plug into, that came out of a Project Defuse that the Department of Defense funded. And I mean, the whole thing links back to the intelligence community. And here she is towing the line for them, saying natural origin. But of course, what do they do? They always pick the most extreme example you know, lump everything in, lab leak theory, let's put it in with 5G. We did see people attacking 5G equipment, for example. So anybody who believes in lab leak theory, which the evidence supports, is obviously uh, thinks the 5G signals getting into everybody's brains. Because they thought that it was causing COVID. And so that would just be an example of a policy that we'd remove. So we do remove. I don't know that anybody's said that it's causing go. I haven't seen that one. But again, they're going to pick the most extreme. Move content based on those policies. We actually publish that on, in a transparency report. Uh, the second. Of course. What else did we find? Remember the drones that were found outside the labs where they were finding burning uh, documents that they were trying to destroy? And in the freezers, they found uh, some pathogens that didn't really make sense for the type of work they were supposedly doing. And these are the labs where the U.S. says they don't want to allow independent inspectors in because they have nothing to hide. And, oh, yeah, one of them, they found mental patients being experimented on with drugs and severe pain. Where they snuck the doctors in from outside the country flew them into another country and then snuck them across the border so there wouldn't be a record of them being there. That disinformation? Because I'd also like to get into another that's what the Russians said. Another clear demonstration the Russians that they banned off of YouTube so nobody could hear what they had to say. And there's a lack of evidence. This is why we are devoting a great deal of attention to documentary evidence and to regularly distributing through the Security Council. American representatives have refused to give explanations about the character and the real aims of their activity in the biological sphere in Ukraine and around the world in a whole. In a preparatory document to the Ninth Review Conference, so we covered that in a previous show. I don't want to play it all again, but I just want to remind you, this is what they're silencing. They don't want these stories getting out because obviously they're disinformation, right? Second one would be really raising up authoritative information. So if you are dealing with a sensitive subject like news. Like <laughs> news. news is a sensitive subject now, right? We can't have. Fake news. Well, I mean, our fake news, but not your fake news. Uh, health, uh, science. 
we are gonna make sure that what we're recommending is coming from a trusted, well-known publisher that can be reliable. Uh, and if you think about how Google works, it's very similar. Like if you type in cancer, or you type in COVID, what you're gonna get are gonna be names that you recognize. They're not gonna be someone that just published a web page yesterday. So it's very similar with regard to how we handle that on YouTube. And I've talked about that years ago during the show where YouTube used to be able, you would type in what you're looking for and it would show you results. And now certain subjects you type in and you get pages and pages of their mainstream media narrative, billionaire narrative controlled crap jammed down your throat and you maybe can't even find it. I mean, they, they admit, she admits here that they're shadow banning people. Meanwhile, what's happening on the government side of the fence? But it's recommendation 14 for which we are here today. To establish a program to fund independent New Zealand specific research on the causes of and measures to prevent violent extremism and terrorism. Oh. But we've taken that recommendation a bit further. We wanted a permanent presence, a repository of sorts to ensure the work is embedded in our thinking. A new ministry of thinking. Our ministry of right think. Conversation and our policy making. And today we launch a national center of research excellence for preventing and countering violent extremism. Hefenua Tarikura. And so to the people I want to acknowledge today. So the who did two they directors get? of the center, for which I can formally announce... A bunch of college professors, of course. Particularly the two directors. If this is a surprise, we have a problem. <laughs> Professors Joanna Kidman and Paul Spoonley. Professor Kidman, I know your work spans Indigenous sociology. So they picked people who are, you know, on the government dole. They've bought in. They don't question anything. And they are going to go and start studying how to identify extremists and misinformation and root it all out. Racism, sure, the far right, great. white supremacism and anti-Semitism. And while both professors have a wealth of knowledge and experience, we do not expect you to take this work forward on your own. No. Together, you will lead the charge to bring together. Is it me or does she look like Cruella DeVille? All of a sudden. Together, research organizations, civil society, and government hosting, for instance, an annual hui on countering terrorism and violent extremism. Oh, a big conference. That sounds awesome. Going to have six-figure budget for that one. To help us to understand the New Zealand context with research on pathways to radicalization, factors that drive violent extremism and what can reduce it, the role of language, disinformation, and social media networks to influence individuals and communities, gender differences and radicalization, and utilizing online platforms for prevention and disengagement opportunities. Prevention and disengagement opportunities. Does that mean deplatforming? Does that mean you're banning people from the internet because they're engaging in wrong think? That's where they want to take this, folks. There's some good news. The third is making sure that we, if there's content that's borderline content um, that technically meets our policy but is lower quality, that's content that we basically will not recommend Shadow to our ban. users. Our users could still access it, but they will not recommend it. Um, and then lastly, we're just really careful about what we monetize. So we always want to make sure that there's no incentive 
So for example, with regard to climate change, we don't monetize any kind of climate change material. So there's no incentive. Now, like a volcano just went off and it um, released several times, like 20, 40 times more CO2 in the atmosphere than all of mankind's in the in mankind's history on the planet, at least that we have recorded history. But it's your SUV that's definitely the problem, and we're going to need all these new taxes and everything. Anybody that's questioning this, you're obviously a terrorist sympathizing Nazi, and uh, we're going to have the government deal with you, and we're going to you know, starve you out even if you try and dance around the issues, as so many people are on YouTube for you to keep publishing that material that is propagating something that is generally understood as um, not accurate information. So, I, I mean, mis misinformation is not new to the internet. It's been around since before, before, you know, for all time. But we definitely see that there is a role for, uh, and there is a risk, and that's why we have put a lot of effort. Um, I this uh, Yeah, let's see some of that disinformation, shall we? There's some good news. Oh, some good news yeah. on the news yesterday. Even the news couldn't cope with it. We didn't know how to deal with it. They would. They they didn't even know how to deal with. It. Oh look, it's the happy guy. I'm got such great energy in the morning. How are you? Get up. Let's go and get your day started. I'm Greg. I'm definitely here because I'm so good looking and charming and talented, and not because I'm some three hundred thousand dollar a year hack that will say whatever they tell me to. Promise. Our medical editor, Fergus Walsh, is here with me now. There's one question everybody... By the way, this is November 2020, right? And well, what's going on? Looks like, looks like COVID is over, people. He's asking, is this it? I think, Simon, this could be it. <laughs> this is it, yeah. So that's the news part of the BBC. This is the fun part of the BBC. So uh, what's the Radio 1 response? By the way, this is the kind of content, officialdom content, reliable sources that Susan Wokechick is going to promote on YouTube. Um, you can you take take either as uh, as your celebration, really, or we could have. The word is on your lips. Say the word. Aren't you excited? Isn't this fun? Don't you want to go get vaccinated like all of us? How many people do you think got suckered into this thing by his little song and dance here? Of course. We mustn't get carried away. Mm -hmm. Okay. A long way off yet. Not now, Alphabet. It's all rainbows and butterflies, isn't it? Well, not really. Because he just recently caught COVID and had it really bad. Why? Well, I mean, we know. Because there's a variant circulating now, BA5, that actually is just for the boosted right? Because there's a country in Africa where the, where the booster rate is like less than 5%. 
and BA4 is circulating as the dominant strain there where the people aren't boosted, BA5 is circulating in a country that is highly boosted. I think it's like 60%. So the virus is adapting based on how many shots you've had, folks. Do you think it's going to evolve to escape uh, virulence, to increase its virulence, as Gert talked about? Absolutely. Why is he getting sick like this and not getting better? Well, uh, because he's suppressed his immune system with those shots, because he's got non-sterilizing antibodies that can't kill the virus and leave it hanging around in his body, which is, in, in the process, it's learning how to escape the immune pressure that's being put on the virus, and he's going to get sick again and again and again, and eventually he won't recover from it. And they'll try and label it long COVID. But we know what it is. The narrative here is really falling apart. And I want to go and do this a little out of order here. Um, Elgato Mallow is back. The bad cat. And if you remember, he, the last time we read one of his articles, it was when... Um, he was uh, basically showing that the 14-day window after you get the shot, you would be counted in the previous group if, if something went wrong. So people who didn't get the booster were being blamed for vaccine injuries of people who took the booster, right, and caught COVID or something. And it was, it was basically creating an efficacy where the worse the shot was for you, the better it looked in the data that they were presenting to the FBI, uh, sorry, FDA to authorize the shots in the first place. So really great. Now he's basically coming out and doing this analogy to kickboxing, right? You had, you had all of these different styles, Kung Fu and whatnot. And some of them were kind of woo and crap and some of them were real. And then MMA came along and they took a little bit from kickboxing. They took a little bit from, uh, wrestling and they like pulled the best in class things all together and created this style that was the ultimate way to fight right and he's pointing this out if you had offered me a fight against a pro this was back in his kickboxing days i would i'd have said no way i'd have gotten my head torn off and i knew it that uh that sort of thing was not suitable you know how experts you knew how expert you were. You knew it because you fought and there was nowhere to hide in training, sparring, especially in the ring with other people who aspire to be fighters too. So like the ring is where the rubber meets the road. Okay. Everyone had plans. Everyone got punched in the face. Then you found out whether uh, and to what extent your plan could survive contact with reality. And I love that. If you didn't know if you were uh, better than someone, there was an easy way to find out. You debate them, you challenge them, you step into the ring with them. And here's this kung fu picture that says no one ever does this in real life, in a real fight ever. Um, our teachers and coaches were from Thailand. They called all these claims flashy fighting woo woo. And you bring that woo woo into the ring, you get killed. And they were right. We saw it when uh, the bold ones tried or we picked up students from some dragon academy. And this is why the ability to deny that our ring existed and was valid mattered so much to them. It preserved the mystique of the McDojo factories of 18 months and uh, you'll be a black belt in Taekwondo. 
and uh, disciplines that would only engage with one another in controlled, contrived circumstances where it was safe. Like, well, I mean, when you punch like this, you can only do this, right? Like all the rules on how you're supposed to fight. Most astonishing of those who did uh, come, many walked in utterly sure they were about to dominate. Talking about these kids that have had this kind of woo-woo, silly, um, oh, what did I click over here? Uh, silly training versus coming in and actually stepping into the ring. MMA slid onto the scene. It mopped the floor with woo-woo. The true power of woo-woo is making you afraid to challenge it. And a lot more of the world works like this than you think because woo-woo is absolutely freaking everywhere. And here's a Jordan Satchel quote talking about, yep, UFC one exposed the entire American martial arts industry to be as a bunch of McDojos. I wonder if there could be a similar awakening in other fields today. And that's what the point of this article is. This is what's happening. Here's a famous fight where you've got an example of that. Aikido is better than Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So he gets challenged. smacked upside the head he's like whoa hold on aikido teaches you to neutralize the threat as quickly as possible these are the experts right to reduce damage to stay off the ground aikido when properly trained has more of the requisite material to survive a real life altercation than bjj does so here he is about to get body slammed <laughs> that's as far as that went right rubber meets the road he found out oh that was a bunch of bullshit i'm not going to mince words here nearly all the policy arm of public health is woo woo these alleged epidemiologists and modelers and academics were a bunch of uh, clustered frauds pushing hocus pocus from the mountaintop temples. They have learned nothing. They got all they got this wrong in March of 2020, and they're still getting it wrong two years later. And here's the you know famous prediction: the high, low, and actual, and the f- almost flat red line down there. Their track records stink. This field has long been mostly a joke with a few bright spots, generally far from the public policy portion of this ecosystem of mysticism. From SAGE to the CDC to the UW to the NIH, it's been complete and total woo-woo. Their models did not just fail. They were so bad they were non-deterministic and could not even replicate their own results. They rode in on a big white woo-woo horses laden with credentials and made both claims of their prowess and persistence. They legitimately had no idea they were not world champ, top of the game, stone cold epicillus. They had never been outside, right? And this is what happens. It becomes this giant echo chamber in government. Total uh, misses on swine flu and Zika and dengue and Ebola comes to America had just largely been ignored. Uh, They had no idea that they were in reality stunningly, embarrassingly bad at this. And suddenly they were in the big leagues and got knocked out in the first round in front of everyone because they did not know any better than to jump in a ring for which they were unqualified. All their predictions were wrong, their recommendations false and ill-advised, and it was just jumping around and tossing out jargon and mathiness as though it implied knowing how to fight a disease. 
most of us that got drawn into this debate were not grounded in epidemiology. Honestly, that's probably why we were able to see the problem. If you actually knew how to how any small part of this worked, you could see that the experts were doing it a bit wrong. So you, you know, he's saying a lot of people just started, grabbed a thread that looked off, started to pull. It was neither complex nor obscure as they want you to believe. This is just, you can't understand this. It's too complex. It was just jargon and authority being used to intimidate and to impress those unfamiliar with what science is supposed to look like. This is the woo-woo of fighting, right? We don't need to step into the ring with you. You don't follow the right rules. You're not qualified to fight me. So people came from all over. uh, People came from all over from finance and academia and physics and chemistry and the life sciences. Actuaries wrote roughshod over PhDs in epidemiology. People who built HFT algos looked at SAGE models and could not stop laughing for a week. The fight against the experts was grossly unfair. The experts were reared on woo-woo. They had never been in a real ring with a real techniques and real people who came from spaces where you had to be right or not uh, tenured and where nobody cares about your credentials or your shiny little job title or cow toad or to getting grant moolah on your run to study and have a career. They cared about whether you could impose order on data, make meaningful predictions and support your claims in open debate. Are you right or not, right? And the wizards of woo-woo did what they always do. Once they, were, once they saw they were outmatched and sought to not to overcome opposition in the arena, but to bar others from it, to intimidate with credentials dismissed through ad hominem, an appeal to authority and to prevent speech and publication even from their own class. You know, they attacked all the other doctors who dared go against the narrative. Go against the teachings of the great woo-woo and nevermore shall the, the grain gain, gain grant money, tenure, or cincture, whatever that is. Trust no one who we have not anointed as trustworthy, right? It's entirely circular. Only they who give out credentials can be trusted because you can only trust those with credentials. This is actually how you spot woo-woo. Look for groups claiming prowess validated by credentials that they themselves bestowed. If you're really that good, step in the ring, bring your ideas and data and processes and render it open. Let's fight and see what hypotheses emerge as validated. Good fighters want to be tested. The ones who are all talk do not. This is true in every field of human endeavor, and this is an indicator it's not nearly infallible, right? or as an indicator, it's not nearly infallible. It took, and that's what I do on this show. Like I just challenged the hex community. If somebody wants to thinks I got it wrong, wants to come on and debate me over something or try and, you know, ask some questions or get me to think about something fine, you know, do it. But so far they don't seem that interested. And we've got some more news on that. I'm going to cover that in another show. Uh, it took Team Reality three months to go from never looked at this before to basic parody with public health and in three more had overrun the discipline, right? They just destroyed the experts. And this, what we're talking about, what he's describing here, and he doesn't put these words to it, but these are the self-organizing collectives, right? This is the future shape of how society is going to work together, I think, in the future more and more as we move away from this corporate command and control structure to 
these SOCs, these self-organizing collectives, as Cliff has termed them, termed them since they showed up in his data years ago. And these groups, they form loose alliances. You kind of you heard Matthew uh, Crawford talk about how he put some data together for Tom Rents and kind of hasn't heard back and whatnot. But they they have these loose sort of associations and they come together and pull in the experts that they need to look at the data and figure these things out, right? That's how society, I think, is going to start to organize around itself, reorganize as we come out of this on the other side. That's one of the things that I liked about this story so much is that's exactly what it's showing. So Elgato Malo here is saying, I built a bunch of models by hand in Excel using Google mobility data that proved beyond any reasonable doubt that lockdowns did not bend curves and all the Pacific Rim efficacy was really just pre-existing immunity from prior SARS like viruses. Meanwhile, the public health experts could not even figure out that the signal was seasonal and were embarrassing themselves, claiming Peru is a great example of lockdowns working right before it underwent the worst COVID spike in the world a few minutes later. <laughs> that's, how, that's happened over and over and over again. They're like, look, look at the success story and then cases spike because their approach is completely wrong. The experts have had a really bad two years. Their credentials and lazy appeals to authority did not stand up in the arena. And they stopped wanting to like to talk to us at all and adopted epithets, epithets like denier and stances like the scientist settled. <laughs> We're not going to debate it. And I run into this all the time. Uh, these are the weasel words of defeated woo-woos hiding in its L's. Do you really think it's just that the discipline of authorities and experts that is so riddled with this rot and unfit for real combat? Because it isn't. It's not even one of the worst. And this incentive to exclude the uninitiated from the debate is only going to rise. That's why I kind of jumped away from YouTube here. And we're going to go back to her. But this is what they're doing right? With all of these panels and ex they're creating more officialdom on what is the truth, the ministry of truth. And I, like, they can't come out like, you know, Biden wasn't that stupid or wasn't smart enough to figure out you can't call <laughs> the ministry of information or whatever misinformation people see right through that. You got to do it this roundabout way, like Jacinda on ex violent extremism and terrorism. Are you standing against violent extremism and terrorism? And then they make it into whatever they want. Um, okay, so this is going to rise. This is going to be the fight of our time, the rear guard action of ivory towers seeking to preserve undeserved stature and prerogative as the keepers of science, and that technology may remain in power. Quote, I won't talk to you because you do not understand end quote, is a weak dodge from those who keep getting it so systemically wrong. The world is full of people who are very good at things, good at seeing patterns, I think that's me, good at handling data, good at assessing evidence and reaching conclusions. And the world is highly networked now. And that's what this internet and this connected global society is enabling us, right? And that segment getting more and more access to the data and every problem is shallow to someone. If you don't know the answer, and like I do this when I needed to rewire the desk here, I've been, I've 
you know, installed some computers, been in a lot of data centers, but I've never wired a, a rack of servers up or anything like that and run all the cabling for it. But I know there's people that do that. So I reached out and found someone and they agreed to help me out and told me what little pieces I needed to buy and so forth. So I find and kind of create these self-organizing collectives because again, yeah, every problem is shallow to someone. And he had some great examples and recommendations for me that saved me a lot of time and doing it wrong because I don't know what I'm doing. If you don't know the answer, the best step is to show the problem to lots of people. Let's post it to Twitter or something. Someone in front in some far flung field will say, Oh, we have a problem like that in our field too. And here's how we solve it. This is the clear path for one seeking actual answers and the path no one seeking to prop up phony baloney pool of purported knowledge would ever dare to tread. Hiding behind process of peer-reviewed by friendly fellow woo-woo affectionados to exclude debate and criticism from outsiders and pantomime adversarial assets is just to is just woo on top of woo. And that is the whole peer review process has been corrupted. And that's what he's pointing out, I think, very eloquently here. Okay. Uh, only the guild gets to decide who can be approved and spoken of. And these bodies exist to defend ideology and careers, not to pursue truths and paradigm shifts, right? Like they attack the outsiders, the people who challenge the accepted thought, not embrace it and see if, you know, this is new and we can learn stuff from it. And this is why the future will continue to be incredibly unkind to those siloed orthodoxies of self-anointed expertdom because the future is interdisciplinary. The future lies in cross-pollination, not in protecting the genetic purity of the fragile hothouse flowers of academia, and that means the future is ours. The speed with which the crowdsourced public health and epidemiology movement coalesced out of 20 different disciplines finding and building off of one another was nothing short of dazzling. It was inspiring. This field made more progress in two years than in the prior 50. And credibility has shifted dramatically. We dropped the woo-woo and learned what worked for real. Now imagine that this can do in... Imagine what this can do in every other discipline and how that, how bright that future could be. And that is why we must be absolutists with about reclaiming the public square and freewheeling an adversarial discourse of progress. Collaborative media must be defeated, defended as an agora open to all ideas. We stand at the cusp of something truly extraordinary and mere guilds and governments must not be allowed the bar uh, to bar the path to it. Sorry. And the time for Kung Fu theater is over. This is our time. Hang on. I need to mute. This is driving me crazy. Okay. So I thought just an excellent article that really sums up what's happening from the bad cat. It is the people are coming together, forming these self-organizing collectives, just like Cliff described years ago or his WebBot data described years ago. And now it is destroying officialdom and it is working to further flatten and decentralize society. And it's going to do it to the workplace eventually, you know, in some instances, right? Some fields, not it's better suited to some than others. And that ladies and gentlemen is exactly what they're trying desperately to stop. 
back over here. Um, what I have found this really interesting is during downturns is that we actually get better at what we do. And when your numbers are going up all the time, it's really easy to just be like, okay, you know, things are good. Um, when they're going down or they're not going as fast as you expect, suddenly you are really digging into the details. And so having been through a couple recessions at Google, that has been my experience. But I'd say in general, we're building for the long term and that's what we'll focus on. Got it. So what did they just admit? They're in a downturn. YouTube is shrinking. Why? Because they're pushing people out and they're driving growth in all these other platforms because of their censorship, but they have no other option. That's what Elgato Malo was pointing out there. They are trapped and all they can do is say, oh, that's ridiculous. I don't, I'm not even going to address that. You know, I posted a, some data to some, some, you know, pro maskers and pro vaccine advocates still, and like they just laughed at it. They didn't not none of them looked at it. They just they're making emojis, laughing at it. Oh, that's so debunked, bro. Yeah. So they're coming, and this is how they're trying to fight it. Meanwhile, and that is why I've made it clear that my ministers in my government will be banned from participating in the World Economic Forum when I'm in government. The resistance is building. People are waking up to the agenda, to what's being done, and they are facing increasing opposition at a time when fiat currencies are also starting to die, which is the the lifeblood of any of these big governments, right? Canada, if you want to go to Davos to the con that con that uh, conference, make it a one-way ticket. But uh, you can't be part of our government and working for a policy agenda that is against the interests of our people. Of course, this politician, he's going to be the one to fix everything, right? You can trust him. He's different than all the others who said you could trust them, and then they went in and fucked everybody over. But you should definitely vote for this one because he's different, right? And uh, <clears throat> someone's pointing out in chat, they are destroying companies with sustainability and inclusion narratives paid for by Big Brother. And yeah, there's some great videos on uh, like BlackRock and what they're doing and pressuring their companies to drive these initiatives to further this agenda. That's what it's all about. There will always be incentives for people to be creating misinformation. And... The challenge will be to keep staying ahead of that and make sure that we are understanding what they are um, and the different ways that people may use to try to trick our systems um, and make sure that our systems are staying ahead of what's necessary to make sure that we are managing that. So I think there'll always be work, but I, I, you know, after all this work that we have put in, this has been a huge initiative for us for at least over you know, five, six years, I, I think we've come a long way. And I would challenge you if you go and you look um, and you do a search or you look at your homepage in terms of what you're seeing, you're going to see content when it comes to sensitive topics. You're going to from the ivory towers of officialdom, which are crumbling and falling down. I see them coming from more authoritative sources. Their paradigm is dying, folks. And this is very, very significant. So early on, some people said it would, the vaccines would prevent infection, which it didn't. 
<laughs> said it would prevent spread, which it doesn't necessarily. Said that nobody vaccinated would be very sick or ever end up in the hospital or die. And as each one of those things, people looked around and saw that wasn't the case among people that they knew. I think it chipped away at the things that were said that they felt they could believe in. So expecting a vaccine to lead to no illness or no, uh, no negative effects at all was very unrealistic. And I think it could have been messaged better that we expect. However, it's very clear that the vaccine is very advantageous at keeping people out of the hospitals. <laughs> That's not even true. Not even true anymore. But like, <clears throat> what else is he going to say, right? He's got, they got nothing else but to sit there and, and lie at this point. Running a company that has, a, that really focuses on free speech, we want to make sure that we're enabling a broad set of opinions. Except Russia's because, you know, that's misinformation. Except my channel, because even though I was right, the things I was saying have been proven true since. That was definitely misinformation at the time when against officialdom in their ivory towers. That everyone has a right to express their point of view, provided they provided it's right think and not wrong think. They meet our community guidelines. Yeah. Of course, the FDA official in charge of um, evaluating new drugs, you know, like the COVID vaccines. He was hospitalized for a mental disorder. Turns he seems he got a little stressed out. Maybe had a mental breakdown or something. I don't know what's going on. He talked about being under a lot of pressure with his job. Gee, what could it be? Now, of course, we know from a couple of weeks ago, the show where we talked about how white blood cells, these spike proteins, which are on the virus, in the vac, you know, the vaccine causes your body to produce the spike without the rest of the virus in far higher levels. And then the white blood cells will eventually come in and put some enzymes on that will break those down. And like six of the pieces are primed to misfold into amyloids, prions, fibrils. And of course, because they're smaller, they get up into the blood brain barrier and there's studies that show it's causing dementia. And I've got people in my audience who, you know, one guy works uh, like a large events, concerts, that sort of thing, I would assume. And he says his staff that are vaccinated, they're forgetting like basic things. They can't remember how to do their job. They're making rookie mistakes all the time. He says the crowds that he's dealing with, I think, I can't remember if it was 10 or 100 times more aggressive, more incidents, more fights, whatever. It's, it's changing, right? And there was like the, the video clip of um, a guy in New York that went up and stabs a lady in the back and then just walks off. There was the guy on the subway that grabbed a girl's hair when, you know, he was walking around with his shirt up like this and that major attitude on the subway in New York. Sat down next to these two girls. One girl scoots down. The other one tries to scoot down to get away from him a little bit, give him some space. He grabs her hair and holds her there. And I'm like... I was just stunned that none of the men on that train were doing anything. You try something like that in Texas, you're probably, you're, you're going to have some gentlemen surrounding you suggesting you let go. And if you turn it into something, you're probably going to be looking down the barrel of a gun doing something like that, but not there, I guess it's fine. 
So I'm seeing all of these examples of people like losing it. And you had the shooting in Tulsa. That was, uh, I don't think we're getting the whole story there. He went in and shot his uh, orthopedic surgeon, I think, because of back pain or something that wasn't going away after the operation. What was there a vaccination requirement? Was there something? And all we're getting is this little snippet of the letter. I'm wondering what else is in there because he apparently wrote a note talking about this was about the doctor. But there, I'm just seeing all these examples and sort of my intuition is telling me I think this is a, the start of something that's going to get worse. People losing their minds, getting aggressive, getting angry, doing crazy things. I mean, it's it obviously <clears throat> it's been happening, but I think it's about to be medically happening to a lot more people. Important to be able to take the like to think for yourself yeah. and and realize like what's important, what matters to my constituents, like who. Am to be able to think for yourself based on the options that we've given you. Am I working for? Why am I working? What am I? Why am I doing all this? And good so questions. I have really focused on trying to do something productive and good for the world. It's my whole career has been about information, information empowerment. Wow. Yeah. What a sellout to humanity. Woke chick. Speaking of which, here's a bunch of companies that, uh, you know, are celebrating Pride Month because they care about gay people, LGBTQ plus R, X, Y, Z, whatever it is, except for, you know, the Middle East, because here in all of their Middle East Twitter accounts, they haven't gone with the rainbow logo. And really, this is such a slap in the face to the gay community. It says, you know, when it matters, we're going to put profits over our principles. But uh, we'll virtue signal to you because that's all this is for these companies. Just a way to virtue signal. It's good for business, right? These corporations are soulless, empty shells. Here's another one falls under that same category. There was 70 missing children uh, from El Paso recovered 70 missing children in multi-agency operation to stop human trafficking, right? They are saving all of these missing, these 70 missing children from sex work, obviously. And of course, when you actually <clears throat> look into it, it's a three-week operation, several different areas that they group together, and uh, you know how many people were arrested for these 70 children that they recovered? Zero. Were these actually sex trafficking victims? Or when you're a hammer, does everything start to look like a nail? Because, you know, sex trafficking, that's a big initiative. Department of Justice, you want to you grow your uh, department? You go out and you find sex trafficking victims and human smuggling victims even if they're maybe not. If you can make it look like that, that's good for the department. You might even get a promotion or something. So you can move on to be a bigger fuck up. That's how these governments work, and that's what they're doing here, folks. Now, could there be some victims in there? Absolutely, absolutely. But when you're a big hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. It's a matter of misaligned incentives. Okay, 
inflation is ticking up again, as you guys have noticed with the price of gas recently. I tweeted out about it almost being $10, effectively $10 in California now. Um, I want to show you this. This is Campbell's Soup uh, unit price per can. So this is, you know, very steady. It's been out since the early pre-1900s. And for a long time, up until 1975, it hovers right around 10 cents a can. And then what happens? Well, what did they do back then in 1975? They closed the gold window, which means the money's backed by nothing. And then they just started printing. And then you can see it's just gone up and up and up. And then lately here, it's just spiked to over a dollar a can. Went from 10 cents to a dollar a can. That is how much they have diluted the dollar. That's 90% measured in real terms of a can of tomato soup. And it's going to $1.20 before long. And this is happening across the economy. As things continue to grind down, expect this to continue to go up and up and up. What's happening in Australia? Well, very interesting. Construction zombie businesses popped up, propped up by pandemic packages are facing ruin as those uh, support measures stop and inflation bites back. So <clears throat> the free money's run out, right? And these companies, these big construction firms building high rises and so forth are going out of business. Construction zombie businesses, or, sorry. Oh, okay. Major builders include ProBuild, Condev, Construction have already collapsed. So they've had two already go out of business while the nation's biggest builder, Metricon, has held talks uh, with concerned clients and banks. So given there's just been a housing shortage, what could possibly be the problem? I, I mean... Well, what could it be? I don't know. Let's. This guy's here to tell us. Let's find out. There are labor shortages and, and material challenges everywhere. Every builder is facing them. Oh, they can't get the people to come in and do the jobs. Why? Because they forced them all to get vaccinated and now a bunch of them are sick. And now there's not enough people to go around and major companies are failing because they can't get the tradies in to do the jobs and costs are skyrocketing and everything else. And they're going under. There's a couple that put a, got a loan for like a $250,000 house. It went to three fifty because of the inflation and they can't get the money to do it. It is causing massive disruption. The nation's housing industry has been hit with a perfect storm as it weathers costs, fixed price contracts, and supply chain issues. Builders have signed up to build homes on fixed price contracts with that economic cushion of stimulus support are now facing large losses as they deliver projects. This leads to zombie businesses that won't know they're zombies until costs, labors, and goods on a project become unviable with no choice but to fold. So... The construction industry in Australia is going down the toilet. That's what that basically said right there. But it wasn't just the president who got it wrong a year or so ago. I want to. Oh, some more ivory tower experts here. Janet Yellen. Play for you what you said about inflation last year. Listen to this. 
Is there a risk of inflation? Um, I I nah, think there's a small nah. risk, and I think it's manageable. Yeah, I don't this. anticipate that inflation is going to be a problem, but it is something that we're watching. Well, we're watching very it. Carefully. We keep an eye on it, right? Was it a mistake, Madam Secretary, to downplay this inflation risk? Did that contribute to the problems we're all seeing right now? Well, um, look, I I think I was wrong then. Yeah. About um, the path that inflation um, would take. As I mentioned, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy. You know, this is Putin's fault. It's Putin's war, Putin's gas price, price hike. Nothing, I mean, who could have predicted this? I mean, well, we pred- I predicted it a while ago, like when the whole thing started, when they did the lockdowns and stuff, talked about it then. Lots of other experts predicted it. Maybe they should replace you at this point because you didn't predict it. You guys told us inflation would be transitory. Come in for a while and then go back down. Everything will be fine, folks. That have boosted uh, energy and food prices and um, supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time didn't fully understand. Yeah, yeah, she's... She's figuring it out now, though, guys. Don't worry. Yellen's got this. She's going she's gonna to right the ship, and everything will be just fine, folks. Well, many of our communities in our state seeing a spike in illnesses right now, not just COVID. There's an increase in flu, and some doctors say it can feel worse than COVID. Dylan Thomas working on the story, too, for you tonight from Greeley. And, Dylan, you see health staff describe the recent surge as strange. This is so weird, Dylan. What could possibly be going on with people getting flu at the beginning of summer isn't it a winter thing yeah definitely the case we're used to seeing around december january the holidays a spike in flu cases but for the first time in recent history we're actually seeing one heading into summer those here with uc health as you just noted say compared to the current covid strain this influenza strain is possibly even worse gee why would it be worse well pretty simple Downregulation of the toll-like receptors 3, 4, 7, and 8 shut down your body's response, reduced by 90%, your body's ability to fight viruses and cancer. What is the flu? It's a virus. That's why it's worse for these people because they took the shot. The spike protein downregulated their immune system, and now the flu is very bad. Not because the flu is very bad, but just because the people who get it are unable to fight it. And they just, they have no idea what's going on. But we've been telling them this for coming up on a year now. This is the strangest flu season I've ever seen. For the first time in recent history, Colorado is experiencing a late spring spike in reported flu cases. We don't see a peak in flu in May. Flu tends to be very seasonal in terms of when we see it. The lines on this graph show flu cases from the past few years peaked between December and February. But when you look at this year's flu trend, highlighted in green, you see a dramatic spike in mid to late spring. To have 1,300 cases reported was something in the last 20 years I've never seen. UC Health's Dr. Michelle Barron says the spike does correlate with the relaxation of COVID restrictions. Mass mandates went away probably around March. We've gone so long without having, you know, graduations, without having parties. So I think that probably just allowed that to really brew. Dr. Barron says this strain of the flu may be even more severe than the current strain of COVID. 
flu can mimic symptoms of colds, can also mimic symptoms of COVID, although right now the symptoms of COVID are probably milder than what you'll be experiencing with the flu. Dr. Barron says this is an example of why getting routine vaccines is so important. We've certainly seen a downtrend in all vaccinations, regardless of what they're for. It just means we're setting ourselves up for the fall to be really terrible. We're hoping that's not the case. This is influenza A that's really spreading around right now, which tends to be the one that is more infectious. Dr. Barron tells us. We're hoping that's not the case. Well, guess what, Dylan? As of now, it's probably too late to go out and get your uh, flu shot from this past year because the new one comes out in just a matter of months and you might as well just wait for that. Reporting live in Greeley, Dylan Thomas covering Colorado First. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dylan. Great job. Great job reporting. Nobody seems to have a fucking clue why this is happening, but uh, let's hope for the best. Meanwhile, this Irish paper is reporting heart disease in children explodes since the vaccine, but I'm sure that's just a coincidence, right? Right now, a local young boy is at CHOP after a terrifying episode. A five-year-old, he collapsed on a soccer field and right in front of his family. Chris, you spoke with his mom about what happened. Heart attack, five-year-old. Folks, this doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. It's happening all the time now. And it always coincides with the vaccination rollouts. Yeah, this Ewing Township five-year-old suffered a cardiac arrest right there on the soccer field. And he is right now at CHOP in critical condition, but he has his mother to thank for saving his life. This is the best part. The first sign of CPVT is death. because His mom, she works in the ER. Bet your ass she got him vaccinated. She's brainwashed into this whole mass formation. She's dealing with the horrors every day and they tell her it's long COVID. So you got to take this seriously. There are no signs and symptoms. When Cheryl Grell's five-year-old son, Anthony, suddenly collapsed on a soccer field last week, it was a rush to keep the Ewing Township boy alive. I just started pounding on his chest. You see, Cheryl is also an emergency room nurse. She performed the life-saving maneuver on patients over the years, but this was her son. Local police also used an automatic defibrillator to bring him back to life. It's just like this can't be happening. Like nothing prepares you to have to do CPR on your own kid. Anthony's heart stopped three times. Now, what are we finding in the vaccinated when they're getting resuscitated? They have to restart their heart multiple times. They have a heart attack, then they have another one, then they have another one, they have another one. Because the damage is from the mRNA setting up in the cells within the heart. The immune system comes along, kills those cells. And it's not like that capacity comes back. Stable now, doctors at CHOP diagnosed him with a rare condition that causes an irregular heartbeat. Even a fellow nurse. I think that's arrhythmia, which is another vaccine side effect can appreciate the care her son is getting the doctors the nurses have been absolutely wonderful as signs of support now hang from his sixth floor hospital room window his mother begs all parents if you don't know cpr take a class to save a life cpr is important it's a lifesaver it really is 
now GoFundMe site has been set up to help Anthony's course, family. We put nothing on. Why did the five-year-old have a heart attack? Let's not ask that question. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Great job. Here's another one. 20-year-old uh, man- baseball manager, or sorry, basketball manager, died. This is in Italy. <clears throat> the health minister was leaving somewhere, and a crowd spontaneously formed, I think, and confronted him, and they're shouting, Bastardito. Now, I, I don't speak Italian, but I'm pretty sure Bastardito translates to great protector of health and wellness. But he seems to be, like, running away hurriedly there. They seem rather upset with him, so maybe I might be off on the translation. Now they're calling him a murdering bastard. Of course, here's a 19-year-old lacrosse player that dropped dead in practice, I think. Here's a Baltimore public school kid. Was out on field trip on the last day of school, dropped dead. Fiftieth anniversary of some Indian thing, and well, oh, 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 yeah, no, down it goes. Thank you for playing. What's it going to take, folks? How many of these? How many of these need to be happening in a week? Because there's probably like forty or fifty of these this week. Turns out in Israel, they found out that the COVID vaccines link are linked to a 25% increase in cardiac arrest for both males and females. <laughs> and in Italy, something very interesting happened. After that first one that we just watched, they decided to do <laughs> a mock funeral And they built a casket for the health director who's still alive and marched it through the streets, shouting, chanting, assassin. So, folks, people are waking up to this, and it's going to get ugly when they wake up. Seriously. There's not going to be enough police officers left to protect all of these people. They're also going to be getting sick from these shots. So, who knows if they're even going to want to protect them in the first place because they did this to them, too. And eventually... This is what, again, the WebBot data predicted. Many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system that they will fight to protect it. Were you listening to me, Neo? Or were you looking at the woman in the red dress? I was... Look again. 
And this is what some of these guys are going to face. They go out in public and anybody could recognize them and decide this is the day I get justice for my family that this man killed. And these people have no idea this is coming. They, I mean, I, I wouldn't be telling anyone that I work for the FDA or the CDC at this point. It might be time to quit and move and maybe you won't get hunted down like this, but this is what's coming for so many of these people all over the world. And it's starting in Italy. Nurses from Orlando Regional Medical Center have been pouring into my Instagram, um, sharing their stories and asking me to continue covering it. And one of them sent me this. So for those of you saying that this didn't happen, um, apparently this is the window from the event. This is not the first time. Some okay. Now what she's showing in this video, and I'll blow it up there so you can kind of see it a little better. There's a window broken out in this building. It's a fifth story. And this is the Orlando Regional Medical Center where... Uh, I think this was this week, a mentally ill patient on the fifth floor broke the window, jumped out to his death. And like nobody even knew for a long time, apparently that he was down there, that he, that he wasn't in his room anymore, that he broke the window and that he jumped and was laying dead on the ground where he fell. And they have been lying to the regulators, they're supposed to have a sitter with them, one person for two, every two patients like that. Of course, don't forget what we covered earlier with the FDA director being committed to a mental hospital and so many people, the studies showing that these prions can create, yeah, you know, they create mad cow disease, they create dementia, and they're obviously probably increasing aggression in a lot of people and like people are just starting to go crazy. Maybe we will have some kind of zombie apocalypse and it'll be because of this. But this is real. I think it was 30 or 40 nurses walked off, off the job. Been telling you for a while that the hospitals are collapsing. They can't get staff. They don't know, you know, like why they can't get staff. Should be pretty obvious to most of them because there's a lot of nurses that are not nurses anymore because they're sick from the shots or they died. And they can't just fill those back in and go hire new people. It's not going to work that way. And the system is starting to break down. So that's the context for this clip. Something like this has happened. It's about every nurse that I've talked to is very consistent in their story that management has deliberately short-staffed the nurses. They're not providing enough nurses and it is resulting in multiple patient deaths. Not only this patient who jumped through the window and it was de a delayed discovery, they don't even know when it happened, um, but a patient who set themselves on fire, a patient who eloped and got hit by a car, um, patients who are being transferred to other units without proper supervision and arriving to units dead on arrival. And yes, multiple people reporting that nurses did walk out. They're sick of it. Thankfully, the news sounds like they're going to be reporting on this soon. So again, prepare for a system for a world without hospitals because I don't know how much longer they're going to last. This is going to keep getting worse. And same thing is happening across all of these industries. Over the next decade, more than 14,000 pilot openings are projected each year. Astounding 70% of airports have less service today than they did in 2019. So the airport travel, air travel is breaking down. They're having to cut back on schedules. So what happened? 
They furloughed a bunch of people, let people take early retirement packages during the pandemic. Now they need to hire a bunch back. They, they can't get nearly enough that they need. There's a huge shortage and nobody knows why. Of course, we've got pilots testifying how they've been vaccine injured. They can't fly anymore. They've, they're done as a pilot. We had the American Airlines pilot in Dallas that had a heart attack eight minutes after he arrived at gate after landing a plane full of people. Rural parts of the country are suffering the most as airlines cut routes to smaller markets. There are communities across the nation that have lost all their air service. The airlines are getting creative to get pilots trained for the flight deck. United and Alaska have created their own flight schools and Delta eliminated their four-year degree requirement, the last carrier to do so. We need roughly... Of course, Delta's one of the worst right because they pushed hardest on the vaccines forced their people to get them a thousand or so this year the pandemic exacerbated the issue with older pilots accepting buyouts southwest struggled last year when weather put pilots out of place they didn't have the staff to cover shifts causing mass cancellations the uh, number one priority this year it's really basic it is get staffed Good luck with that. Now, potential solutions gaining attention include raising the retirement age for pilots by two years or lowering that flight hour requirement. Water down the quality. But it would require an act of Congress to make those updates, and pilots' unions are against these ideas anyway. So this shortage, Nora, will likely last for years to come. Yeah, but an urgent need. Errol Barnett, thank you mm, so much. Yeah, an urgent need. Boy, these guys really get to the bottom of things, don't they? So what are we looking at here? It's a group of people standing at a gate in an airport in the UK, I believe. They're supposed to be, many of them booked their vacation last year to go to Greece. And they checked in their bags and everything. They're waiting at the gate and, well, there's no plane. And, oh, well, there's no gate staff <laughs> at the counter at the gate. And eventually they sent the police along to tell everybody and deliver the message that, um, yeah, there's not going to be a flight. Get your shit and get out. You're all going to be getting a full refund, which I would expect. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. Hey. No fire questions up there. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm telling you everything that I know. Go for it. Go for it. You're all going to be getting a full refund for the holiday you've obviously purchased. There's also going to be a £350 per person, euro, or, which will come back in, in about 320 quid's worth of compensation per person. You'll all get that within 14 days. You'll also get a £200 holiday voucher per person. <laughs> So anyway, what's happened here, this airline can't get the staff to run its schedule. And these people got the short end of that stick and they're, they're still all getting the refunds and extra money and whatnot. It's cost them a little bit to do this, but they were expecting to go to Greece for a week for their family vacation. And now 
he's going to get the bags, they say, in 10, 15 minutes. But that ended up being, I think it was two or four hours before they could get baggage claim to bring their baggage back to the plane that didn't, from the plane that didn't show up and put it on the conveyor belt so they could get their stuff and go home. Want to go home. There's the bags. Next 10 or 15 minutes, turned out, hours later. It's breaking down. The whole system, folks, is breaking down. And it's especially apparent here in Turkey. You can see some flash right there, and a guy drops to the ground. They just shot him dead. He's a protester. They've got the military out in a tank and a couple APCs some soldiers with rifles and then some more of the crowd comes up down this little street and uh well they open fire on them and it's coming right here they start shooting at him this guy on the far left goes down bam there it is people carrying the banner are going down because they've been shot, gunned down by their own government in the name of protecting them. Here they are, you know, there's a guy crawling away because he's been shot in the leg. Other people not getting up, another guy shot there. And of course, if that wasn't enough, they also fired their tank <laughs> cannon and hit from there and through the turnstiles or whatever and hit sort of this embankment where there were a bunch of people and they're now scrambling away from the burning whatever it is that they shot with the tank. These regimes are dying, folks. Um, It's going to get ugly. It's going to break down. And these are the warning signs. So prepare. Use the time you have now to prepare yourself as best you can. And that's you know different for everybody. You can prepare with knowledge. You can prepare with things. What you don't need to prepare for with is fear. You can't fear this stuff. It's just, it is, it's going to happen, whatever. We'll get to live through it or not. But uh, fear is not going to serve you in this. A little bit of good news here. Um, There's a petition that started months ago and it ran out like I tweeted this. It was just under, it got pushed over the line of 100,000 signatures, which means they'll have the option, right? At 100,000 signatures, petition will be considered for debate in the parliament. And they will consider it for debate. So we'll see, but maybe, you know, I don't think they're going to do anything, but it will give them one more opportunity to come out and tell us the truth that these vaccines are not safe, that they're killing people, that a lot of the people that took them are now sick, and that these strains are evolving because of the vaccines to become more deadly. And we face a hell of a winter coming up. So there you go. Uh, Let me see. Y'all are pretty quiet today. I think I'll probably just end it there. And uh, there's one more thing I want to share with you. I really like this. This is Ashanti Roy. Um, She wrote here, Our strategy should be not only to confront empire, but to lay siege to it, 
to deprive it of oxygen, to shame it, to mock it. With our art, our music, our literature, our stubbornness, our joy, our brilliance, our sheer relentless, and our ability to tell our own stories. Stories that are different from the ones we're being brainwashed to believe. The, compl- the corporate revolution will collapse if we refuse to buy what they are selling. Their ideas, their version of history, their wars, their weapons, their notion of inevitability. Remember this. We, may, we be many and they be few. They need us more than we need them. Another world is not only possible, she is on her way. On a quiet day, I can hear her breathing. That's from War Talk. With that, I wish you good evening, and I will catch you all next broadcast. Thanks, everybody. Attacking the vax, you can't be serious. Only two weeks to slow the spread. They said, yeah, right. Take the shot, we'll hook you up with some bread. Money, baby. make it make sense. You don't find that suspicious, you can be triple vax. Still spread it and still get it. I ain't an expert or a critic. Nah. Some of y'all sound cryptic, like if you ain't took the vax, expect to sleep with the fishes. Is the media making you bold, making that heart turn cold? You get your life in exchange for your soul. First, the mandatory mask, then the mandatory vax. What's next? A mandatory mark for access. First off, I ain't taking no vaccine. Hey, I ain't going to no quarantine. Mask off, and you know it's really bugging me. It's for disease, just like the CDC. First off, I ain't taking no vaccine. Next off, I ain't going to no quarantine. Mask off, and you know it's really bugging me. It's for disease, just like the CDC.